What's up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to episode number 134 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. On Saturday, the 25th of the 2nd, 2023, also known as my second son, Jake's first birthday. Sing with hey. me, guys. Happy birthday to you. I've already done it you. once. I'm not doing yeah. it yet. Um, but before we move on, I just want to say everyone who is watching, uh, please, if you can just drop a happy birthday to my son in the comments below. I'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, we've had a big day today. So if I look a little bit puffy in the face, if I sound a little bit drawn out, it's because it has been a very big day. We had a party for, for the young fella. All the family came over. Uh, it was a good time. And uh, yeah, that's the last of the first birthdays that I will ever have to put on. I bought Jake uh, his bullshit uh, present which you won't care. It's like a little dump truck thing. It was $9.99. I bought it from TK Maxx. Yep. And because the real gift is uh, Bitcoin. He mm -hmm. gets his, uh, his little stash of Bitcoin on all of his birthdays. And he actually got... He got it in... Let me just check. I think he actually got it in the 22s uh, from memory. He actually got it because it, it took a bit of a dive... Mm -hmm. um, so that 22's US yeah so 30 he got it for 35,000 Australian yeah, um, yeah so he he owns some very expensive stuff so he owns some $54,000 mm -hmm. uh, that was when he was born yep and then uh, Christmas he got it at 25 6 very cheap yeah and then today at 35 which I still think is cheap and I think it's um, cheap, when yeah. I was when I was at TK Maxx so I spent nine dollars ninety nine on on Jakey. Uh, they spent ninety bucks on me, <laughs> and then I also gave him a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, and I, then I bought fifteen hundred for me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> because because what do I always say? Look after myself first, mm -hmm. so that I can be in the best position to help others. That's fair enough. And hey, he's got thirty five more years to let this compound than you do, so. He can start small and he can build up over time. But uh, yeah. the, the family appreciates his uncle's purchasing of Bitcoins for his future. Yeah, Dad said to me today, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to set up an account. And I'm like, why? I said, that, like, what, you, you, you can you put 50 bucks away or something every every year or something, and then when it when he can access it, it can buy him a can of Coke. Yeah, every every year uh, when when they come over for his birthday, they could just take 50 bucks and we can just go and burn it in the fire pit out the back. It'll be yeah, worth the same well. by the time he's old enough to uh, to access it. May as well. So it's got to be put in assets and, and uh, Bitcoin is the best asset. Now, mm -hmm. that does lead me into the first subject. Mm -hmm. So one of the little hints, I'm going to drip feed hints at, uh, about what my, my new business is. And... What I can tell you that it is centered around crypto, mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin in particular. Now, I had the extremely frustrating uh, experience of going to a bank in Australia here to set up a, a business bank account. So I've got business bank accounts for my other uh, company. And I was in there for a whole hour just filling in like digital paperwork. Now, the crazy thing is her system was so shit that she had on her screen, she had the portal that she was using mm -hmm. and she'd opened Microsoft WordPad next to it, 
where she had all my personal details written because she knew she'd have to copy and paste it over so many times. Wow. Now, now I'm building, because I'm building something in tech, like we, we do, uh, as part of the build, we'll have like a whiteboard out and we'll actually, um, we'll sketch out what each page looks, what every button links yep. to. And we actually have a conscious effort. And this is like two idiots. We're talking two car dealers sitting in a room um, sketching this stuff out. But we, we know like, at one stage, not on this not on this version of the build, on a previous version, we got twelve pages reduced to three pages. Yeah, and that doesn't just mean adding more bits to it. It means actually thinking about how something links to something, and yeah. then realizing, oh, actually, there's a lot of duplication in there. Well, we don't need that. Yeah, it's or just we trying can to just optimize. Grab the from... Yeah, there is zero optimization in the banking system. Zero. The fact that it takes an hour, and then when you realize, this is what hit me so hard. Most people have never used crypto, and especially you haven't used crypto like I've used it. Most people don't realize that you could download and set up effectively a business account or an account, a personal account, in seconds and mm. be ready to transact. Yeah. Whereas this took an hour yeah it's crazy it is so antiquated and, and mm. the sooner we can we can we realize that we move on from it the better and i'm kind of banking on it <laughs> that happening so yeah watch the space the the dumbest thing about it is it is it's bad for literally everyone when you don't optimize mm-hmm. this stuff it's bad for the customer because you've clearly had a poor experience and you won't want to do it again, or at least you you might go and try a different bank next time, purely based on your crap experience that you've had today. It's bad. Well, it's bad for the teller too, because obviously they they know it's a bullshit system. They've had to create a WordPad workaround to make it easier for them, so mm-hmm. they know full well it's a bullshit system. And they're also embarrassed because the amount of time it's taken them to do a very simple task is far too long. So they've got the shits over it. And, like, you've got banks doing things like closing down rural branches and all that sort of stuff because they're not making enough money. How much more money would you make if you just increased your efficiency of your people? How many more customers could you serve if you cut that task that took you an hour down to 15 minutes? That's four more customers, or three extra customers an hour that you could serve. Here is, like... This one script that could be written into their back end, which is once you've set up the customer profile, whenever a name needs to be selected, it should autofill with my name. Mm-hmm. Okay, like how hard is that? Like that, that would have halved the amount of time it took. Yeah. So every time it asks for a name, put my name in and put my phone number in and my address just in. And then give them the ability to change it just in case you want to have like yeah uh, company name versus or whatever like it auto fills no, but you can you can change it on the fly if you want to zero thought went mm. into how that works and I was talking to Dad about it and he was just like they've had they've had no reason to optimize they make a billion bucks a month in profit yeah um, they yeah like I said they clo- they're closing branches because it adds to the bottom line and makes shareholders happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- n- efficiency doesn't make like companies don't care about efficiency i don't care what they say they talk about it then no one knows how to do it and that's just a yeah. perfect example and, and like i think they'd obviously fall victim to the same stuff we've spoken about before from our previous workplaces where instead of 
creating doing what you're doing and creating a brand new system all they do is they take their old system they've been using for 20 years and they add things to it as they want new functions so instead of just going okay we've got all these different functions that we can't use right now how about we come up with a brand new computer system completely optimized that will do the functions we want in the most efficient way possible they go no no let's just add that extra bit on top let's add that bit and let's add that bit and the next thing you know you've got eight extra functions that you have to do the same data on the on every single one of those eight pages yeah. over and over again because they've just added an extra process so like okay so how's this for an example one of the questions that's asked is like what what business is it like well it's a technology business Mm-hmm. And then she's clicking through and she's got a down arrow and there's no just technology. It's like, uh, is it technology for agriculture? Like, <laughs> and and I, I went through the list and there was nothing that suited what, what I'd said on there. I, I hated I that said, in well, finance. Yeah. You had to try yeah, to put said, everyone's try business software. in a, Yeah. I said, do software. Or uh, is it software for agriculture? No. Like, it's not software for agriculture. Mm. It's like, what have you not updated the... Like the, the the jobs out there for since the seventies, like come on, like this is it's just it was so frustrating. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm looking around this shop and like I I you know I was in a bank that was inside a, a mall, yeah. And I've worked in malls. I know the rents are horrific. It's like oh yeah, you're probably talking thirty thousand dollars a month yep. worth of rent just yep. to occupy the space to put one peanut like me through every hour. Yeah. Oh, it's just and then. I'm listening in the background and people are coming in and they're asking for functions that like uh, banks should do and services they should provide. And the person at the front is just sending them to the ATM. I'll go to the ATM to do that. Go to the ATM to do that. Go to the ATM to do that. Like, you, you, can you not see that you're like, you're getting rid of your own job? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Know? I think, yeah. was it Grant Cardone? Grant Cardone has this great story. He's about, like he's talking about, um, he's like, there used to be, when you used to walk into the bank, there used to be like 14 uh, bank tellers and all of them were really nice and there used to be a girl at the front desk that would greet you as you came in and she'd direct you to, to the teller to go to mm-hmm. uh, her name was Debbie and then one day Debbie forgot to smile to the customer <laughs> guess what <laughs> there's no more Debbie yeah yeah right so now the bank oh, okay I'll defend them to a point now I remember the days when I had like 14 and even tambourine was, you remember the old Westpac bank on tambourine they just yep. have like stacks of like even in a small town mm-hmm. and they reduced that and there was a period where when they reduced it everyone said oh you're getting rid of all these staff but that actually opened heaps more branches mm-hmm. and because the branches could be smaller it means they could be more spread out and that was actually more handy for like like a for uh, rural a people better, and yeah yeah um, but now we're going to through the phase where well, now they're shutting the little ones down too. And the and so all the benefits of that distribution has gone away. Mm. And now like my local one in Brisbane, the one that I like to go to, they just, if they've got one staff that's sick, they have to close because they don't have enough staff to sit in there. Yeah. Because you can't have one staff member in a bank. So yeah, wow. it, it, like the quicker, and seriously, do yourself a favor, go go and research yourself, or go download like a uh, the Exodus is a wallet that I use. Mm-hmm. Go download an Exodus wallet. It's in the App Store. It's on the Play Store. Have a play with it. Set it up. Put in the comments how long it took you. It should take you five minutes, and you you ready to rock and roll. If you know what you're doing, it'll take you sixty seconds to yeah. to be set up, and you can transact straight away mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. 
And depending on where you are in the world, you might need that option to transact pretty soon. Yeah, well, um, actually, there is something. So if if you... I'm going to figure out how to find it. If you can fill the void. Um, I have got this video that someone sent me about... Ah, uh, shit, what's the country called? Uh, El Salvador. El Salvador McDonald's. Oh. So El Salvador has... Um, El Salvador has made Bitcoin um, legal tender. Yep. Now, the reason why they did it is because... Uh, is because most of their workers work in um, America. Right. And then they come back. But there was a real choke point, like... At the border, you can't. They don't like cash leaving America. Then people have to accept American dollars in El Salvador, but if then yeah. they can't really spend it within El Salvador, and it's a real bitch. So he's like, "Well, let's um, let's try and introduce it. Uh, let's try and introduce Bitcoin." Now he launched Bitcoin. The the prime minister launched Bitcoin when it was at its absolute like at the tippy, 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 tippy top of the, of the bull market. Yep. So now he's definitely been criticized for like basically their reserves because they bought millions and millions of dollars worth of, um, <laughs> worth of Bitcoin. Was he just and involved in a massive pump and dump? <laughs> some would argue that, that, yeah, that's the case. Yeah. But let me show you this. So, so it is now legal tender. It's legal tender. Uh, and I wanted to show you what you can do at... McDonald's, can you see that? Okay, I might just zoom. In yeah, just zoom it in a bit. All right. Here we have uh, Charlie. There he is, smiling nice in uh, McDonald's. So, for audio viewers, if you walk into a McDonald's, uh, recently you'll see that they they've replaced, much like Tellers have, they've replaced the uh, people you order with with a, a basically a big touchscreen, right? They've they've so done that in a lot of Maccas in Australia too now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is in El Salvador. Orders a burger. Just review my order. Dollar forty for a. He's buying a bottle of water for a dollar forty. That's paying Bitcoin. Do order just to see if uh, we can make oh. payment in Bitcoin, which we can. So he's gone to the pay now screen. Now, by the way, something might happen with my computer because I think I've just had a brownout. That light's just turned off. Mm -hmm. I've heard a beep from outside. So we might go dark. Yeah, everything still they're, seems fine for mind at the moment. They're on to me. Yeah. Uh, now there's a. It says please select payment type. On the right hand side it says payment with card, and on the left hand side it says payment with Bitcoin. Processendo pago brings up a QR code, mm -hmm. and you can see the reflection in the video. He's just held his phone up. Has his he has his wallet open. Okay. Done. Now, okay, so how's that for a use case for, for Bitcoin? If McDonald's has that in El Salvador, does that not mean they can switch it on worldwide? Yeah, absolutely. Those screens look exactly the same as the ones they use over here already. Yeah, so I think that's freaking cool. And anyone that thinks like... Um, that it's it's going away it's not 
No, it definitely isn't. Um, I mean, we've, we've spoken about this a million times. I think the only reason why governments and stuff like that are starting to put any sort of heat on things like Bitcoin and other cryptos is because they're just trying to get their ducks in a row to create their central bank digital currencies. And then they'll say that they're the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I don't know if you've been following that. Um, there's a big war going on within the uh, stablecoin makers. So Circle is one of the biggest. Um, I think they make USDC. Mm-hmm. And they've been the ones working with the Fed in America to roll out a, a central bank digital currency. Right. But the bank's trying to do it themselves as well, or the government's trying to do one themselves, which they can't do. And Circle's like, well, hold on, we've already got this product. It already does what you want it to do, and it's already out there. Why don't you just use ours? Yep. And um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of there's a lot of actually a real lot of action happening in the crypto world now. But what I find very interesting is Bitcoin is usually excluded from the conversation because it's so decentralized. Yeah, it's one of it's the only so in in almost all jurisdictions, it's counted. Bitcoin is not a uh, a currency. It's not a uh, security. It's a commodity. It's deemed as a commodity. So like a house is, like gold is. Um, In some jurisdictions, ETH is um, deemed that way as well. I don't agree with their definition of it, but Hmm. it does mean that you can't... They can't shut it down, but they know they can't shut it down because it's everywhere. It's decentralized. There's no... They they can't go to the Bitcoin shop and shut it down. Yeah, because ETH isn't decentralized, is it? No. No. No, it's not. Yeah. So... You know, as far as I'm concerned. See, there's an interesting one. There's one called DAI, D-A-I. Mm-hmm. And DAI is a stablecoin. And DAI could technically be the perfect CBDC because it is a decentralized version of of it, like a stablecoin. Mm-hmm. But it scares authorities so much that they're, they're trying to ban it. Yeah. So, I was yeah. going to say, like, when you explained the story before about how Circle was like, hey, we've already got a, a coin that does exactly what you want. Why don't we just use that? It's just because the government wants to build in extra things into the back end of it that they don't really want to advertise until everyone's using it, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And also, like, a, a real issue with supply. You know, um, there's, a, there's a lot of arguments that a lot of these stablecoin providers can't show proof of reserves. So for every one stablecoin that you have, you're supposed to have the corresponding dollar to that sitting in a reserve somewhere. And yeah. USDT. What, like the banks do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> USDT, so US Tether, has never been able to provide paperwork to say that they have it. Yeah, at the same time, they've had a $10 billion bank run done on them, which they completed no problems at all. Yeah. Whereas I bet you if you put a ten billion bank dollar bank run on any of the banks, they wouldn't be able to do it. So no. Yeah. It, it's interesting. It is interesting, but um my protocol is gonna be all about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And um purely for those reasons that we've just spoken about, like yeah. if there was one that you were gonna bet on, it to me it is always it's Godzilla. It's not going anywhere. It's the king of the monsters. Yep. And uh that's why I'll be building on on uh, Bitcoin. And, and to put it in perspective too, for people who aren't really into crypto yet, like imagine that 
imagine that you had something that you were trying to sell and you were having difficulty selling it people didn't want to front up the cash or whatever the case may be but you had a couple of people come to you and one of them said hey uh i've got the equivalent of five hundred dollars worth of rare pokemon cards which are collector's items that i can trade you for the item that you mm. want to get rid of so i'm going to give you want five hundred dollars cash for it don't have 500 cash but i've got five hundred dollars worth of value in pokemon cards that i can give you or they came to you and said i've got five hundred dollars in gold gold nugget that i can hand over to you a five hundred dollar worth gold nugget that i can give you you're probably more likely going to take the gold nugget rather than take the pokemon cards now some people out there will see the value in the pokemon cards and they'll take them and they're going to be your altcoin buyers but bitcoin is your gold standard of crypto it will like yes it's had a massive drop off since its peak but look at the stock market if you had amazon stock it's down 17 percent like you were saying before bitcoin itself is only down 50 percent since it's all-time high so it's actually doing better than a lot of the major tech stocks that um any blue chip investor is going to tell you to go and invest in now so yeah that's probably in in my opinion the best way to have a look at it it's just the gold standard of the crypto world and it is where we're heading because governments are trying to create central bank digital currencies because they know it's the future as well now i think central bank digital currencies are definitely uh they will happen it makes sense for them to happen i think that um you know some of the control measures that you know people like the WEF are talking about. I think you know they're going to happen as well. Yeah. In this, but at the same time, they can kind of do it now. So the banking system is so that there's the reporting metrics that banks, especially in Australia, um, are so strict that like they know all the crime that's happening. They, yeah, they yeah. just choose to to turn a blind eye if it if it if it's going to make the money or you know like JP like, Morgan. Yeah, so uh, I mean, do I think do I think it's going to make it like give them more control? Look, I, I think they might think that it will, but I'm just not sure if functionally it can. When, like, you know, for example, the, the the worst thing they can do to hurt you is to devalue their own currency, which is exactly what's happening now anyway. Like yeah. we know that they can do that. They can put us into rampant inflation and and devalue the. the the dollar yeah um they have that control that's why we have you know central banks that's their job to yeah. to to literally fuck with the the value of of the dollar yeah so i wouldn't be scared of it but i would definitely be building a hedge against it whether that be in uh gold silver yeah uh, i don't i don't necessarily think that they're doing it because they feel that with a cryptocurrency they'll be able to have more control I just think that they they know that a lot of people are using crypto to transact outside of the centralized system at the moment, and they just mm. want to put themselves into that system so that you can't dodge them. I think that's all it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean the SWIFT system, and, and look, my understanding, it's very complicated, but I believe the SWIFT system, which is how, you, how they settle overseas transactions, mm-hmm. is an extremely clunky system. Yep. And it's not very transparent, and there's a lot of um, witchcraft going on with with how payments are made. Uh, right. I don't know if you know, but they basically. I think the money doesn't actually cross the borders; they kind mm-hmm. of account for it at, at each end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
they're trying to use it to take Russia's money. So Russia's got like six hundred million dollars sitting in Swift, waiting to like to yeah, be. Yeah, it's uh, like, like six hundred million dollars something owed to them, but they've cut them off from the Swift system. So now they're just trying yeah. to take that money that's sitting there. Yeah. Whereas if you had uh, if you had a, a cryptocurrency, you can just you don't have to worry about the border. You can physically send that, or digitally yeah. send that over. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So when you send when you send internationally, you're not actually sending the dollar that you have here. You're not yeah. physically sending that dollar over there. What yeah. you're doing is parking it on the border, and then telling the country you're supposed to be sending, "Hey, I owe you a one Australian dollar." So the next time an Australian dollar needs to come from your place to here, we'll swap it and. Like yeah, it's happening. it's all stockpiled in each individual country, and then it's just electronic journal entries on either end. But the yeah, money yeah, itself yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. actually being sent. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's very very clunky system, and, and, and CBDCs would would fix that. Uh, one of the reasons why uh, I think that they wouldn't want it is for that exact reason. That actually removes some of the control that you can have. So if you're if you're the one where, that's getting most of the transactions going your way, or you're in a position of power because you have more um uh no sorry no if you're a bigger purchaser you'd have more of your own money that's supposed to be allocated to someone else sitting at your border and doing exactly Mm. like what america's going to do to russia so yeah yeah you know maybe that maybe that's the reason why it doesn't go through maybe there's a reason why they're arguing over um um, whether they go ahead with it or not so yeah and I mean, my gut tells me that one of the issues they've got with the technology is in the blockchain system with it being with you being able to publicly search on transactions. Like yeah. governments like hiding where all the money goes. They don't like having well, can a public you imagine, ledger. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you could track the Australian dollar to see? Oh, uh, today we the banks minted. Uh, ten billion dollars. Like mm-hmm. they wrote ten billion dollars worth of currency today, yep. and uh, that hasn't like it hasn't come from anywhere. They just push Control C, Control V, yeah, and they've just made more money. Like we'd we'd lose it. Like and that sounds that's what happens. That sounds ridiculous, but that's literally how the Reserve Bank creates currency. It's electronic yeah. journal entries. That's all it is. They don't even yeah. print it. They it's literally Control C, Control V, copy and paste. Yeah. Whenever a bank uh, gets a loan, that's how the money gets into supply. Yeah, yeah. So every time you get a mortgage, it's not old money. It's just new money printed right then and there. Yeah. There you go. Credited to an account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, A couple of things that we wanted to just... its This show is really... Because there hasn't been that much new stuff happening lately. This show is a little bit of a catch-up show, just keeping tabs on a couple of the stories that we have been following over recent weeks. And the first one that I think you wanted to speak about was the balloons in America. Yeah. The, the uh, in quotation marks, Chinese spy balloons. So did you want to run with this first? How, how many additional balloons? So we knew about the, the first one that went over that we didn't do anything about. Yeah. Then the second one, we're like, okay, no, we're going to take this one out. We're blowing it up. And then a couple of days later, there was an article that said, like, we've shot down six more or seven more. Yeah. And they were, but it was all... It was very uh, dramatic because it was things like um, the security chiefs calling them. They're like, we're not, we're not calling them balloons. We're calling them objects. Like they're yeah. being, they're being very 
ambiguous in what these things actually were during this process? Well, it's probably because one of the ones that they blew out was a hobby balloon. Yeah. And it turns out, so it was just some guy who's like, hey, let's have fun with this balloon. We'll send a balloon up. And it got shot out of the sky. The missile used to shoot it cost $400,000. Yeah, and the the plane, it cost millions of dollars to, to make, to send up there. So it's not the just the $400,000 rocket that you sent out. It's all the fuel that you used. It's probably made a hole in the ozone layer just from that one trip as well. So like yeah. your climate footprint for shooting down a hobby balloon. I thought um, the reason that they announced why they can all of a sudden see these things and they never noticed them before is because effectively they set the radars too fast. So they're looking for fast stuff and these balloons were too slow, therefore they didn't show up. So once they've wound the speed down on the radar, oh, now they can see all this stuff and there's been heaps of it. Well, that was one of the things that was said, was that not, I don't know if it was specifically they wound them down, but apparently they recalibrated the way their radars work. And then they yeah. started seeing all these objects all of a sudden, which they apparently have been there, you know, forever. Like these these yeah. balloons oftentimes are just used for like weather, um, weather data and all that sort of stuff. But in my opinion, there is more to this story than you would expect at face value because this this whole thing took control of the media for two weeks. It was all we're talking about Chinese spy balloons. Uh, they're shooting down objects. We don't know what these things are. All this stuff in the in the lexicon about UFOs. All of a sudden, so it was all, it, it was a big attention grab, right? Massive attention grab. And I think it was really publicised as a distraction. And there's a few things that I think it could have been a distraction from. Can you think of any off the top of your head? No, because I, I actually want to go deeper into the UFO thing. Okay. But so we can. you go, you go. So some of the major things that happened in the last two weeks, obviously you had the ra- uh, the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, massive chemical disaster. You've had, obviously, the Pfizer story from Project Veritas happened a couple of weeks ago. That was when that drop came out. You had a judge is making the decision on whether or not to make public Epstein's client list. That's That sort of was happening last week and I think has been adjourned. But I think the big one is the story about how America blew up the Nord Stream pipeline, which is in itself an act of war on Russia and on Germany. Yeah, but that's old news. I don't think that was... It's not, though. It was in the cycle. Well, I know well, the guy. What, what's his name? Herschel. No, what's his name? Yeah, the the uh, was, it the, was it the Nobel Prize winning? Uh, is it Nobel Peace Prize or is it some other journalism prize? No, he got some award for writing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a, a, a reputable journal journalist who came out and said that America are the ones who definitely blew it up. That was in the headlines, and yeah, I, I just I can't help but feel like the focus on the balloons is well number one we said it at the time it was to stoke anti-china sentiment because that's where their next drink's coming from as in the military industrial complex because they are trying to stoke anti-china sentiment uh in in the u.s but i do think that a lot of it was about covering up that news story where they have basically confirmed that the united states are the ones who destroyed the Nord Stream pipeline which is an act of war 
because it is a strike on critical infrastructure owned by jointly owned by Russia and Germany and uh, they are the ones who directly benefited from it and everyone knows it well I heard that uh, the Americans are going to retaliate uh, they're sending the Budweiser balloon over China. <laughs> apparently, that's uh, apparently that's happening. So, uh, you know, we'll show show them some freedom. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, so I look. I it look. It may. It may. Like, could definitely be a thing. I've got a bit of a different view because it's actually something that's got to do with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I have been getting into a lot of, I've been watching a lot about um, like ancient technology, you know, p- the potential of lost technologies over, over time. Mm-hmm. And we know that like the Joe Rogan episodes with Randall Carlson are like some of the best, like the, just the amazing amount of detail. He's put 50 years worth of work. Yeah. Um, a- analyzing these these sorts of things, but remember we spoke about plasmoid engines mm-hmm. on the show, um, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Because like I'm an engine guy, right? I'm I'm a race guy. I'm like I'm thinking if I can get these plasmoid engines and what they say, I'm like I want to I want to put one in my race car. Yeah, like that's yeah. the best. So I was I was watching a. Um, so along with the balloons came a bunch of other sightings of objects, unidentified of objects, right? Yeah. And then I'm watching this is unrelated. I'm watching an unrelated Randall Carlson podcast where he's teeing off because he's recorded a Rogan episode. Where and remember, last time he was on Rogan, he spoke about plasmoids and he says. Yeah. I'm allowed to release the information now. I want to come back and I want to dedicate an episode to these plasmoid motors. Yep. So he was saying they've they've filmed it. They have recorded that episode. But Joe is reluctant to release it because he's not confident that the information is real. Right. Okay. So that's that's phase one. That's interesting though. Like, well, it gets even more interesting because Rogan Rogan often talks to people and releases episodes about things that he's not convinced are real either. Yes, but maybe he doesn't want to be uh, clowned or punked. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it is maybe, something yeah. so ridiculous, and I've looked into these things, they are fucking wild. Yeah, like to think that the long and the short of it is there is a universal mathematic language that you can use geometry and shapes to manipulate the way matter is moved mm-hmm. and you can effectively make like a there's one that looks like a donut that you would sit on like a like a if you had hemorrhoids like a hemorrhoid donut it's <laughs> yep. got certain shapes inside mm-hmm. and you can put compressed air on one side and you get like 13,000 pounds of thrust out the other side right Okay, so there's some, it, it, like, and there's various variations of it. Mm-hmm. Now, where it gets deeper, this is where I got deeper. Um, 
I like how you're holding your nipples because it's so yeah, <laughs> it's such a big electrified, deal. Electrified, electrified. <laughs> because so, their geometry is changing as we speak. <laughs> the, it's definitely yeah, definitely. Um, it's tantalising. The the guy is actually an Aussie. The guy who's uh, basically put a bunch of patents around this technology, and he's working with Randall Carlson to as Randall's going to be like the uh, the guy that builds the syllabus to inform the world and he was going to use platforms like Rogan to get it out there. Mm-hmm. So the, the science is going to be open source and be given for free to anyone who wants it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to use one of the motors, like if I want to put one of the motors in my car, I've got to pay a licensing fee for it. Yeah. Okay. Now I was doing, so let's, let's put that in a box for a second. Mm-hmm. Then I'm doing this other research, uh, uh, deep I've got research. I'm doing deep dives on YouTube, learning about like these old, um, uh, have you heard the theory that the pyramids could be a power generator? Yeah. And not suck? Yeah. So, uh, basically, the water runs through the, the... The Nile River used to run next to the uh, Great Pyramids. Water, there's a channel. They can see that water's run through it. That can generate a bunch of static electricity. And they reckon that the chambers inside could be like step-up step up, um, chambers to up, upgrade the uh, electricity. And then there's some reaction that happens with the energy coming from the ground going through the quartz to like the ions in the air. Mm-hmm. And they, remember, it's believed that the tips of the pyramids were either gold or crystal. And they reckon they could send that um, remotely. They could send yeah. energy remotely. Nikola Tesla, yeah. he thought that too. Mm-hmm. And he, he built a version of, it doesn't look like a pyramid. It was just a tower that looked like a big... Um, iron mushroom and he could do it yeah JP just send electricity through the air yeah 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 so I'm like oh wow that's like that's really interesting um I didn't I never realized the link between Tesla and the pyramids so I thought mm-hmm. oh, okay that's pretty cool uh then there's obviously the theory about how things were built and they're talking about like is it was it anti-gravity that was used to lift the blocks because some of these blocks are hundreds of tons yeah and they're from hundreds of miles away and like yeah and we're just supposed to believe that slaves dragged them there lifted them up and perfectly placed them yeah so they're like well if you had an anti-grab machine you can literally just like pick it up and move it Mm -hmm. um and then like we know that the sound, that sound wave anti-grav thing works. Like you've seen the speakers that you can buy. You can buy a speaker that holds water near mm. air. You've seen that, right? So we know yeah. that, that that technology is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the bigger scale version of it. Yeah. So I got to that. And then where did I get to? I got to... Oh, then I was thinking about... Oh, okay. So if they had like anti-grav machines remember when remember the episode on Rogan when they're talking to um ah Bob Lazar Bob Lazar yeah who worked at um not Area 51 what was the other allegedly worked at some some military thing and he talked about how he saw the ship and he saw the engine they use. It was an anti-grav thing. So it would lift up. It's, it's the stereotypical disc-shaped UFO. Mm-hmm. And it would lift up 
and then it would face its bottom towards where it wants to go and these little motors would come out and that would create the anti-grav and then it would basically uh, uh, remove any atmosphere in front of it so it could travel like unencumbered yeah i was going to say before just to just as a bit of a side note when you're saying that rogan doesn't want to release this podcast with randall carlson because he's not sure about whether or not the data is accurate and doesn't want to get punked like i can't see much difference between what randall be talking about and what bob lazar talked about because bob lazar talked about some pretty wild things which are very difficult to prove i'm just going off what carlson said in in the interview yeah, okay. and that—that's basically how he said it. He's like, I, I, I respect Joe. Joe needs to go through the process, and he goes, look, there's a lot of people that are in his ear that have no idea. He actually got very agitated in, in the podcast. He was like, there's people that have no fucking idea what they're talking about, and they're the ones that are shit canning it. Yep. And I said, I'm, I'm quite happy to sit in any room and talk to and debate one on one with any of them. Yeah. And but, you can imagine then, what it must be like being a guy like him who has spent 50 years of his life like researching this out there stuff that no one else is thinking sure. about to then have to try to explain that to people it's like what do you want to do start at the beginning and step it out for them like they just don't have well, the, here's... the base to work off yeah well here's the final piece of the puzzle what did you who was uh, Rogan's last guest besides protecting Eric the Weinstein what did they talk about yeah they talked about UFOs and did they not talk about the fact that Eric had been asked by the government to mm-hmm. work on segmented parts of technology that could be yep. used. So was that Joe getting advice from the smartest guy he knows about UFO shit? Yeah, I, I've got my own theories on Eric's episode. I thought it was really, really interesting. And I think he's an mm. extremely interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get the feeling like and I think he feels it too, like he was being given the runaround a little bit from the government. And with the fact that everything is segmented and there's like, they give him enough to keep him, give keep his attention and keep him hooked, but not enough for him to actually know exactly what's going on. And the my thought that I, my overarching thought that I had during that podcast and listening to him outline how everything was happening was number one, if he knew anything that was really that big there's no way he would be let out without a non-disclosure agreement to talk about it mm-hmm. number two if i was a government who was making some sort of leap or bound in some form of uh, advanced or novel technology and i wanted to keep that hidden from my enemies or adversaries one of the best ways to do that would be to fill the uh, communication space with chatter about potential advancements in a novel technology that's completely different to what I'm working on, which then might go to, say, the Chinese government or the Russian government or whoever is my adversary, and then go sort of of like what happened with... um, with Google when ChatGPT came out, what did Google do? Oh shit, we need we need something in the AI space right now. So maybe China and Russia hears, oh, they've got this advanced, um, 
you know, UFO propulsion technology. We need all of our scientists working on this right now. And then meanwhile, the American government is actually making massive advancements in something completely different, whether it's, yeah. you know, limitless yeah. energy yeah. or whatever, you know? Sure, 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 sure. And look, yeah, uh, totally, totally, totally. But now knowing, like you didn't know that there was a Carlson episode that talked about plasmoid engines that has not been aired. No, I didn't know that. So now that you know that, how does it make you feel about the Eric episode? Just knocking my mic. Um, can you still hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Um, look, I, I, I think I still feel similarly. Um, I have no doubt... But you got two, you, now you've got two different people talking from two different... Complete, two completely different... Like, Randall ain't working for the government. There's no yeah, government uh, intervention there. Yeah. But you're talking about two completely different technologies that can do the same thing. And look at the timing. This this Randall podcast is this week. Like, came out this week, just gone. Yeah. And the Eric one has come out just this week. Like, it's... it's To me, it has... They're, they're, it's either... I think it's connected, but it's connected through Joe. I think Joe I, I see to... what you're saying that where there's smoke, there's fire. I totally understand mm. that. Um, but whenever, when the government's involved and it involves secrecy of any kind, I just can't like with the way that Eric explained everything. I felt like they were deliberately giving him the runaround with certain aspects, and you could feel his frustration, especially towards the end of the episode, where it sounds like he's ready just to to tell him to f off and and pack it in. Yeah, but, but but that's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Because Why? all you need to know is that he was working on something. That's all you need to know. He was working on something, and then mm-hmm. and that, that he could be working on the placebo, for sure, 100%. That's not my point. Placebo is the my wrong point, word for it. But, but the, the, the null version, what you're saying is that you, you could, he could... He be could working be working on the, on the diversion. Version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's... But that's... That that doesn't change my question. My question is: there there is a connection there mm-hmm. in the technology. The technology that they're both talking about, not called the same thing, but does the same thing. Mm-hmm. One's working for the government, one's not, and two podcasts were filmed within a week of each other. Well, when sorry, when did Randall film his episode? With last Joe. week. Last week. So he filmed it last week with Joe, and Joe has, and he has said that Joe refused to air it, or did he film it a while ago? No, he he filmed it last week, and he's yeah. not comfortable to air it yet. Okay. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to watch the space and see if it does come out. Because, because if you think about it, getting Eric on, apart like the the, the link, the obvious link is, well, we've seen all these UFOs. Hey, this guy's mentioned that he's working with the UFOs, which he's never mentioned before. I've listened yeah. to a lot of Eric's things. I've never heard him talk about UFOs. He says that he hates the UFO thing altogether. Yeah. And then it turns out he's been working on... Well, he thinks he's been working on the things. For three years. For three years. Um, like, so, yeah, the obvious link could be, well, they're talking about UFOs now. I know a UFO guy. Let's get the UFO guy in. But I know I have this feeling that he's trying to check, well, is this like a possible thing? And Eric couldn't give him any of the answers because he didn't have any. 
Yeah, but like, if you're just trying to check, you don't have to do that in a podcast. You can do that with a phone call. Like, they're friends. You could have just called him and, and asked him the questions. And you would oh, be yeah, more yeah, likely to get... Which is what makes correct. it even weirder. Well, you'd be... Well, to me, that's Then why was makes, he on? Because of the UFOs in the media recently. Because mm-hmm. the media is talking okay. about UFOs. Yeah, so they probably they would have had conversations in the background beforehand, and Eric, I'm sure, has mentioned more things to Joe in passing than what he mentioned on the podcast itself. Mm. I think the connection is more so UFOs in the media recently. So Eric has mentioned stuff about it. Let's get him on and let's have a discussion about it. And he would have cleared it with Eric first. It's not like he got Eric on and didn't tell him what they were going to talk about, and then they then they got into it. Like they'd previously had conversation about it for sure. I think if you're really probing for this sort of groundbreaking, potentially classified information, you wouldn't be doing it on the Joe Rogan experience. You'd be doing it in person with no cameras. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, maybe like some of the real like the real deep stuff. Like maybe he just told them the stuff that he wasn't supposed to tell, but but maybe that was the reason why they were so vague, is that they're both dancing around the things that they already knew. And the best way to is keep it vague and and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think oh, I'll, I'll just pull this up for anyone that wants. You to do have a look. know you do know why all of a sudden there are way more unidentified flying objects, right? Mm, oh, I know some of the theories that they are. So, uh, they think that because like they, it started apparently the real uptick was when the first nuclear bombs went off. And it always seems to be uh, surrounded around nuclear bombs and apparently around schools, lots of school sightings. Yeah, I I don't think it's any of that stuff. I think the only reason why you're seeing far more unidentified flying objects is because it's 2023 and you have to ask them what they identify as. That was a... Yeah, I shouldn't have answered that. So (laughs) So this is the uh, for audio watchers. Um, Randall Carlson has tweeted this up. It's a conversation on plasmoid unification with Malcolm Bendel. So Bendel, I think it's going to be called the Bendel machine. Um, uh, He's Aussie. Now they are doing, um, they are doing tests uh, on some of this, uh, some of this equipment. So hold on, I I did see. I did see it said, as mentioned in Joe Rogan Experience, episode 1897. I think that was the old was one. The I think that was one the one where they on. said, I'll come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. that turbine thing I was telling you about. So it just looks like a donut, and that's what's inside the donut, but it's got this geometry. Um, right. So yeah, 1897 nodes. was the one with Graham Hancock and Randall Carson. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. and, and, and they'd said in that episode, they'd said, I want to come on and I'll talk about the thing. And this is the thing. I'm allowed to talk about it now. Right. So, um, so this is, uh, I've got it up on the, on the screen. This is how crazy the thing looks. Yep. And, and what they're kind of saying is that, look, we, in, in the 1890s, when Tesla was doing his experiments, we could have gone two ways. We could have gone down this road and, and, and what looks like go by the way that our ancient, um, ancestors did it yeah. to create the amazing structure they did or we dug up some animal bones and went hey let's burn that shit and we, we went down the fossil fuel route that's basically yeah. where human like that that divergence and now we've realized we don't want to burn uh, uh animals uh, dinosaurs anymore now we're looking for something else so this this is uh 
I know it's very. I think it's very interesting. Here we go. What's that? Well, to to throw it out there too. Here we go. New oh, yeah. new energy tech JRE episode held. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so like, I'm a massive believer in lost ancient technologies. I think mm. that everything in this world is cyclical and human beings have been around time and time and time again in various iterations and they develop and evolve in similar ways but as they do that they come up with brand new technologies every go around and then what ends up happening is some sort it always gets to a a point where something cataclysmic happens and you lose all of that technology. I mean, like you look at, look at us right now, the majority of our information's kept on a cloud server somewhere and we're on the brink of nuclear war. And if the bombs drop and we destroy all the technology, like even Rogan's got a bit about this where uh, he, he's like, you know, imagine if all the, all the bombs drop while we're in, in, in a comedy show and everyone walks out like the lights go out. And everyone walks outside and they're like, oh, you know, why won't, won't someone turn the lights on? Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait. Like, people don't know how to turn the lights back on. So it's like, you know, human, human consciousness and human technology goes back to zero and you have to start all over again. And well, I had this thought. I had, sorry, I totally agree with that. And, and I had this thought the other day. It's like, we're look, we look at the pyramids, right? And we're looking at the pyramids and what's inside the pyramids. Yeah. But if we looked, if, if let's say our civilization disappeared and um you know the people from sentinel island let's say they were the only survivors and then they yep. they like crept out of off sentinel island and, and came around and they looked at a data center they would look at the data center the same way we look at a pyramid we look yeah. at the pyramid and go hey that's a shape and they don't understand the info or they wouldn't understand the information is inside it and yeah. how you, they wouldn't you look at it through the through the lens of your own experience with technology yeah but also the physical, the physical touch, not the not the uh, digital. We're not looking in the digital realm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, let's say that someone from like that's never seen a mobile phone before or used any sort of electricity comes along, finds a dead mobile. Like maybe with the pyramids, maybe we just need to plug them in. Has anyone tried plugging yeah, I, them in? Yeah. Well, it could be argued the way to plug the way to power them up is to get the water flowing through uh, back through them. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah, so um, uh, a great channel to watch, uh, Uncharted X. Do you watch that? That's a, he's an Aussie bloke. He goes to um, Egypt all the time, and he he looks at he goes and looks at artifacts from like an engineer's point of view, and shows like the the tooling necessary to make some of these things. It's just wild. But yeah, right. Look, I've got up I've got up on the screen, and and it is uh, it makes no sense to me. I have no idea what I'm looking at. It looks so sexy, though. It's a bunch of numbers. Oh, look, it's even got um, it's even got the constellations. Uh, the um, what are they called? Capricorn, Sagittarius. You know, Scorpio, you know what Libra. this is. This is what someone's chakras are going to look like once Neuralink assimilates all of our consciousness with computers. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I just, I don't know. I think there's a link there. I think there's more to it. I think Eric knows much more than what he's letting on. I yeah. think that um, I'd be interested to see what, I mean, we, we'll kind of know if Rogan launches that Randall episode in the next week or so, then you can say, well, maybe 
maybe he did seek some clarity from um, Eric and was happy to release it. Yeah, look, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I definitely think that there is something there that is worth knowing. Uh, all, all my gut is telling me is that if it was something that important that the government was involved in, they wouldn't be letting Eric just go and just talk about it. Like I just. But I think is that, that not the? But that's the point of only showing them something that by itself is worthless, and that's basically what Eric said. The stuff that he learned with the information that was obfuscated from him, he couldn't yeah. do anything with. Which is so why I couldn't perfect... help but feel like it was just noise. It was distraction. It was subterfuge. It was diversion. Because if you can get, like, Chinese scientists who listen to that episode of Rogan and they go, shit, the Americans are working on something in this space. We need to divert all of our resources yeah. because there's an arms race on when it's got nothing to do that with that. It might be... It literally could be anything else, you know, but you just, it's like throwing them, it's a wild goose chase. Like, it's one of the oldest. Yeah, and the I book, think right? those games have been played for, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It, those, that's, I mean, that's, that's the whole, uh, what's that um, Guy Ritchie movie with um, Henry Cavill? They're the two spies. One's the British spy, one's the Russian spy. And they're comparing, like, the different technology that they have. And Oh, yeah, and, I can't remember that one what's it called but um yeah I'm, that's definitely a possibility but i just i think the timing is interesting because yeah i mean nothing was go- like we really didn't get anything out of that episode so you could have not had that episode you, you would have better off been getting corbell like jeremy corbell that would have been a better episode to talk about the thing yeah that we yeah. all wanted to talk about yeah i mean i still very so much annoying to listen to I very much enjoyed the episode. Like, I love listening to Eric. Mm. I think he's extremely intelligent and and worth listening to. And the way that he breaks things down and looks at them differently, I think, is pretty fascinating. Like, he's got a very... His brain works very differently to the way mine does. So, uh, I I always enjoy listening to him. But like you said, like, the episode was four hours. And did you get any information out of it that was... No. Like, nothing. It was four hours Well, the only piece of information... The only piece of information I got that I was pertinent to me was he worked for the government doing a UFO shit. Yeah, and the the pertinent bit of information that I got out of it was when he literally says, "I have no non-disclosure agreement," because I think if he was really working on something important that they didn't want out in the marketplace, there would have been a non-disclosure. I, I think you don't need to do a non-disclosure when you only let them work on the floor mats of the UFO. I don't know. I don't know. Like, and then that's what because that's what um, Lazar said. Lazar said they 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 compartmentalize. I got it right. Said it. <laughs> You've been practicing. Um, they they. I'm not going to try it again. Yeah, they they just have you working on such a small system. And the only reason why he knew any more is because he like basically accidentally walked past a section and was like, uh, that's like a that's like a UFO there." <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. There's more. I think there's more to it. I think there's more, more to yeah. it. And I'll be really interested to see the next Randall one. And if anyone wants to have an absolute nerd out, go to strikefoundation.earth, S-T-R-I-K-E, foundation.earth, because uh, this could be the uh, this could be the biggest change. Uh, like, effectively, if we have cut like. 
if we have a massive uptick in the ability to have energy or more powerful forms of energy, and if we can move like, like remember when he was talking about the gravity thing, when Eric was talking about the, the gravity, um, if you can move the gravity, then you don't need to like all the other restrictions that we've had around our science have now gone. Yeah. Well, this could do that. But yeah, so, and so. that was probably one of the pieces of information that I really took out of uh, out of that conversation. I think it's a learning experience for everyone involved. Is the way that we look through the world, uh, look at the world, sorry, is based on obviously everything that we've learned up until this point. But our brains naturally use shortcuts because if you have to process absolutely everything all the time, your brain would explode. It can't do it. So what it does is it'll use shortcuts. And an example of that is like everyone remembers when you have driven to work, when you've been tired in the morning and you get to the office and you go, wow, I don't really remember that trip at all. I hope every light I went through was green, you know, because your brain's literally just gone into autopilot. You're not consciously thinking about where it is you're going because it's trying to conserve energy. Now, the issue with that is... Our autopilot is sometimes based on assumptions which are incorrect. Yeah. So, all our, like he was talking about Elon Musk's uh, will to leave this planet and how he is basing, or he is putting all of his eggs in the uh, chemical rocket basket. And he's saying that he thinks that may be an incorrect way of doing it. And like you were saying, he was talking more about like gravity manipulation rather than. Uh, okay, I forgot that. I didn't pick that up, but but that proves what I'm saying because that's what this is. So 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 he so okay. So that means that Joe and Eric have had a conversation about Randall's episode because that's exactly what this is. And literally, what I've got on the screen now is the potential for a a rocket uh, a rocket using plasmoid planetary power plants yeah and the the mechanism that we and it doesn't use fuel like that so mm. that's the the image i've got on the screen now which i had up before you started your sentence mm-hmm. is exactly what eric mentioned in that moment yeah yeah and like again i don't i don't doubt for a second that this stuff is being worked on or all, all i i have reservations over is like this is big time technology and if you're the american government the american government doesn't like sharing anything with anyone so if you've got people in working on something like that which is world defining uh you don't just let them go and talk on joe rogan experience about it that's where my reservation this is not government but this is not government this particular document yeah, this company, this technology is not the government. He's been hiding in Mauritius for 10 years building this away from governments yeah. until he had everything ready. But is it ready? Apparently it is. Um, I think one of these documents actually has, they've got like these, um, it might even be in Australia, they've got like a mining truck. You know how some photos that you can tell are in Australia, because the colour, the rocks, yeah. like it just, it, you know, and the truck looked... Um, Australian, yeah. uh, they have they have a picture. Oh, I think it's in this. Um, 
I don't know. I think there's something here, man. Like this is. Look, I definitely think it's worth keeping an eye on. Absolutely. And if this is something that you want to keep follow, like a story you want to keep following for us and for the oh, viewers, for sure. Definitely. Um, I'll, be, I'll be all over this. Absolutely. All right. I, I think. And put a- and put in put in, in the comments if you give a fuck about Bendel turbines and plasmoid <laughs> engines. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll ignore. Yeah, and uh, otherwise, if you want, come back here next week and I'm sure we'll talk about COVID again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks very yeah. much for joining us, guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.